me. This is releasing on Veterans Day, Friday, November 10th. And um, happy Veterans Day to our veterans. Uh, I have several veterans in my family, veteran close friends. So this is also weird for me to talk about given that I have like real veterans in my family and real veterans that I care about I'm close with. Um, but here's my story and I'll let you kind of decide for yourself and I'll tell you why I, why and where I landed on it. Uh, so my parents are both veterans. It's actually where they met was when they were serving in the Air Force. And so I grew up really honoring, honoring and respecting veterans. I got that kind of from them. And I had lots of veteran military service questions that I asked as I was getting older and that I learned from both my parents. Uh, I learned how to stand at attention for reasons I don't remember, but uh, my mom taught me that specifically and how to hold your hands. And I learned from them at some point how to march well. Uh, this is even before I even really had that much interest myself in the military, but just random things that hospital corners, how to make, how to make a bed. I picked all these things up from my military parents as I was growing up. So I, I grew up very pro-military. And then my during the summer before my senior year, I had a army recruiter call the phone and ask me if I was interested. I don't know where he got my number from, uh, except maybe just cold calling. But I said, sure. So army recruiter came with his laptop and showed what was for 2000, a very advanced PowerPoint uh, at my kitchen table. And he says, hey, are you interested in doing this? Uh, you know, travel, uh, camaraderie, excellence, paying for college, all these things. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Paying for college and also doing what, what I know my parents did. My, I know my sister had had to fill out tons and tons of scholarships, or at least I heard my parents talking to her about filling out scholarships a lot. And the idea of doing tons of paperwork and keeping up with that myself, to be honest, I was not looking forward to. So the idea that I could just go do something that I was kind of interested in anyway and get my school paid for with a GI Bill was very appealing to me. So the next day I drove down to the military Enlisted Processing Station, the MEPS building downtown. Uh, it's by the uh, Enterprise Center if you live in St. Louis. It's right over there. It's the building that kind of looks like a castle but from the top. Also has a very prominent American flag on the top. Uh, so that's where recruiters, um, like head recruiters for the area work. And that's where you go if you're going to enlist also. So I'll go down there. I take the ASVAB, the arms... Oh, shoot. Um, it's what you take if you're going to the military. And it this test uh, lets you know what jobs you're going to be eligible for uh, if you go through basic training. So I get the results back. And I didn't even know if I scored very well. But I get the results back. And uh, I scored very well. I was eligible for literally any job that I wanted to in the Army. But the sad story about this is I went with this other kid from my school also who, to just be honest, I, I did not think very highly of this of this guy. Uh, I had played football with him. I think our freshman year, he was on the team. And he just was not super smart. Uh, didn't totally seem like he had it all together. I'm sure that he had uh, lots of reasons why that happened, lots of things that were not at all his fault that he was working against. Uh, but that same day, he took it and did not even pass to like be Army eligible. Uh, and so that right there kind of let me know that maybe uh, no actual diss to the Army. But I made the decision there. Maybe I 
the army itself was not for me. So I started investigating the other services at that point. I didn't know any better. So at this point I called them branches, but um, just so if you didn't know better, they're, they're called the services. So I go to the, uh, contact the Air Force and uh, again, to be honest, this is a little bit cliche actually. I, I talked to the Air Force guy and he was like super nerd. Uh, was not impressive on, on that part. Uh, so my parents are both Air Force veterans, but with a heavy heart, I moved on from those guys. I was honest. I was like, that guy's a nerd. And then I contacted the Marine Corps and this hard charging sergeant showed up at my door like the next day. Um, I think I had just gotten home from weightlifting or something football team and, uh, Sergeant Kettleson, I think was his name. And he talked to me, talked about, uh, discipline, accidents, tradition, and travel, and the same GI Bill that the Army recruiter talked to me about, um, and 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 he he sold me on this for sure. Uh, so I talked to him first, and then we had a parent meeting later, and I was ready to sign up, enlist, go be Private Baker USMC. And my parents actually were the one that put the brakes on this, and were like, "Whoa." Uh, we think you should go to college first, maybe. Uh, and I was like, but dad, you literally, this this was the path you did. You tell me all the time about how smart you are. What? Um, and so they actually encouraged me to go the ROTC route, Reserve Officer Training Corps. If you went to college and had other students walking around in uniform and you were like, what in the world is their deal? They were probably ROTC kids also. Uh, and so... Uh, the path that I went was I applied for a national scholarship uh, through the, it was actually uh, the Naval ROTC board, uh, controlled Navy scholarships and Marine Corps scholarships. And so I applied to uh, get a Navy ROTC scholarship, I gotta get over, with the Marine Corps option is what we called it. Uh, and so... I went before this national board, did some extra working out, um, ran a random three-mile fitness test in Forest Park, did some pull-ups on the side of a park there, and some sit-ups too with Captain Brown, maybe, was his name. He was the head of recruiting in, for the Marine Corps in, uh, in St. Louis, and uh, um, letters of recommendation from coaches and teachers and uh, this whole package, and I got it. Uh, this very competitive scholarship, uh, I got. And it was good for up to $80,000 for college with then the expectation that you fulfill all those requirements and then you graduate, you get commissioned as a second lieutenant, as an officer in the Marine Corps. And then you pay back all that scholarship by your active duty service, which was great because I was planning on wanting to do this anyway. And uh, my parents... Uh, got kind of their wishes by me going to college first. And um, so I was ready to go. And if you would have asked my friends, is Chuck in the military? Um, probably all of them would say yes. They would be kind of fuzzy about it, but I can't really think of a friend that, that was close to me that would have been like, no, Chuck's not in the military. Um, because so much of my life changed during that time. I had a military ID card. I had a set of uniforms that my friends knew that I had, just both the ones from home and, uh, and the ones at Mizzou where I went to school. Uh, once a week or more, I was in a, uh, it was a Navy uniform. You, don't, you, you didn't get to wear the Marine Corps uniforms until you uh, went to Offshore Canada School after junior year or um, or after your commission uh, is when you would wear them more often. But um, So I was, I was walking around campus in a Navy uniform. I had Navy uniforms all in my closet. I had all this other military gear that uh, was in my, my closet in my dorm room or I kept it in my, my trunk once I got a car and was living off campus. Uh, I was waking up at 5 a.m. Monday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and working out with all the other devil dogs 
uh, on our intramural field, like so many things about my life in college would have suggested to anyone that I was in the military. And uh, during summers, uh, I spent a month in San Diego, um, technically on active duty um, as a reservist. Uh, with that military card on base in, in San Diego, I spent uh, a lot of time at Camp Pendleton, um, uh, Naval Base, where they had submarines down there in San Diego. Um, spent two weeks on a military, on a, a Marine Corps, uh, Camp 29 Palms um, after my sophomore year. Again, being active duty as a reservist, uh, I went to for six weeks to offer can officer cannon school after my junior year, where I looked the most military-ish. Uh, graduated from officer cannon school, um, which is, besides graduation, the step you have to do to, if you're an ROTC kid that you ha you have to get to um, to get your commission. Uh, so I, I graduated from officer candidate school. Uh, my friend, that was that was all documented actually on my blog then. And my friends all knew that I was incognito for six weeks because I was off playing Marine and uh, came home with uniforms. I was running around town, still working out. Um, I was on track to, to do the second lieutenant thing. And then a lot of stuff happened my second senior year uh, between getting plantar fasciitis and which which made it harder for me to work out i was doing my student teaching that that year that semester then out of town which made it harder for me to do all of my rotc military classes to work out with my with my with my fellow rotc midshipmen um Lots of different things happened that I ended up getting disenrolled from the program right before I was expected to commission. And so notice I said disenroll, not... Um, oh, shoot. What's that called now? I can't even think about it. Um, ooh, when you're separated from the military. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm showing my lack of veteran status right here, right now that I can't think of this word. Um, oh, discharge. Yes, I got it. Ah. All right, so ideally, when you separate from the um, any of the armed services, you get honorably discharged. And then there's a building actually right down the highway from where I'm at right now, about five minutes, um, that holds all of your military records and uh, all of your... Um, active duty papers and your orders to go to uh, whatever base you're at, whatever station you're stationed at, um, keeps all of your um, um, all of your evaluations, all of your fitness scores, all that stuff, um, any awards that you win, uh, ranks you've achieved, tests you've taken, all that stuff goes on to your military record that you could look up in that building that's down the hallway, highway from me, actually, or you can look at the blind online also. And I have none of that because I never got that commission um, as a second lieutenant. I did hold the rank of midshipman. It's technically a real rank in the Navy. Uh, anytime that you are a kid at the Naval Academy, you're also a, a midshipman there. That's why if you follow college football, um, the Navy, their, their team is the midshipmen because um, that's what they're all called. Um, and so, like, so I have so many things about my life that maybe look like a veteran, but I have, do not qualify for any veteran services. I have no account at the uh, Department of Veteran Affairs. So according to the government, I am not a veteran, but according to my ability to 
um, have some camaraderie with for fellow veterans. Like I have a lot of shared experiences. I was just talking about MREs, which are um, stand for meals ready meal ready to eat. It's uh, this like prepackaged food vacuum sealed that you eat in the field um, when you are deployed or, or just when you're in training. Also, uh, it keeps forever. Um, but it's better than salt crackers, uh, if you know your Civil War history. Um, not terrible, but not the greatest food ever. Uh, you would rather have real food. Uh, so, like, I can have a conversation about MREs and um, going on training hikes and what it's like to have drill instructors yelling at you and um, putting creases in your uniform and hemming them if they're too short and what it's like to kind of be the weirdo uh, in your friend group because you have to keep your face shaved and uh, have your hair in regged all the time. Like I, I have all of this experience that veterans typically also have uh, without um, the full veteran experience. Like one thing that not getting that commission did was keep me from multiple deployments to Iraq. Um, like that was in my future. I started my freshman year before 9-11. Uh, so I was signing up for a, a very different experience. Um, to be honest, naively, uh, I was signing up for military camp uh, is what 18 year old Chuck signed up for. Uh, and then the whole game changed. Uh, after 9-11. Now, uh, I knew what I was getting into by the time I was time to commission, and I grew into that, and, and that's that's God's grace that I was even able to do that. Like, there were a lot of things I had to figure out if I was going to fit into that. Uh, and that, that's part of my story, my process also, of, like, becoming veteran-ish. Uh, but there are, there are so many wounded emotionally and physically mentally wounded people with PTSD and uh, that are of my same group that I could have wound up as that to compare myself to them and, and to, to call us equally as veterans, like feel super disrespectful to them. And, and, and I don't want to do that, but um, where this really came to a head is um, the counselor at my last school her daddy is a Marine. She calls him daddy. That's not me. <laughs> she does that. And she always pushed, as soon as she found out I was ROTC, she always pushed to um, honor me on Veterans Day. And at that point then, um, I didn't have a point. She was kind of pushy about it. Uh, and uh, our choir at the school um, had a, a PBL where they wrote vet letters for veterans. And um, they performed a couple different years at a, a veterans um, home near our near our school and um, and one year part of their project the the kids had to interview um, had to interview a veteran and I got paired with paired with someone that um, I ended up writing a lot about this story that I'm sharing with you right now and just through my own reflection and talking about this with my parents veterans um, I I kind of landed on uh, I'm, I'm more veteran than not. Uh, and so, like, for whatever that means for me, um, it, it's really just, it's an identity, a label that, that I can choose to wear or not. Like, is it nice, would it be nice to get 10% off at Home Depot all the time or, or whatever? Um, sure, but uh, it's more just like a label for me, like, calling myself veteran-ish, um, it's still not a label I'm super comfortable with, but... It helps me to um, honor all the people that um, did make it to the um, to that commission day. Um, my friends that I that I was with in ROTC that are no longer with us now. That um, they did those deployments to Iraq and and they did go through that. Um, it helps me to honor them more. And the, the last piece that um, that I hope that I can 
close on this episode with with having uh, my parents talk about it actually actually with me is they are Vietnam era veterans that did not deploy and go to Vietnam. And so while they have the for real um, veteran affairs account, um, all, they have the papers. Um, they get all the VA rewards. They got GI bills and that kind of thing. Um, they have a similar experience. Uh, whereas um, if they, you know, you've seen people wearing Vietnam veteran hats or Korea veteran hats, maybe. Um, if, you know, when when people wear those hats, they, the next question, if somebody's trying to, to really uh, serve and respect that, that individual and thank them for their service, the next question is, uh, where'd you serve in Vietnam or where'd you serve in Vietnam or something like that? And uh, I think there was some time, hopefully um, at the end of this episode, you're going to hear my dad say this himself or my mom. Um, there was some time that they did not really identify as Vietnam era veterans when we would be places and, and they would be publicly honoring veterans, they would stand up and they would talk about it, but they were still a little bit uneasy about it uh, for similar reasons as to what I feel. Um, to be a Vietnam vet and all of the public kind of hatred that history books say that we talked about, um, we as a culture, uh, all the things that veterans um, that went to Vietnam and then came home and had to deal with. Um, my parents don't totally have that story because they never left to Vietnam. Uh, I think they have some of that just because they existed here in the military. Um, but it, it was a different experience for them. And, and they had to wrestle with how that was going to look like for them uh, to claim themselves as veterans and be identified as Vietnam era vets specifically. Well, let's let them tell their own story now. In a separate conversation, I was able to sit down in the car with my mom and dad and ask them about their story, ask them how they feel about being veterans. And I was able to learn a lot about um, everything that they love about being a veteran and, and part of their story. So that's what uh, I hope you'll enjoy now. All right, mom and dad, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate your time. Hello. Thanks for having us. Uh, so, as I as I just said on what's already been recorded, um, I I would have been remiss to not get my very favorite closest veterans uh, perspective on Veterans Day. Uh, so, thank you for really rounding out this episode and uh, and for sharing your story. Uh, so. Uh, to let you introduce yourselves, um, I guess, briefly um, tell us what you did in the Air Force, maybe what rank you got to, and um, how, how you came to to um, want to join the Air Force. Let's go, ladies first. So, oh, okay. Sorry. Go, oh, go ahead, Deb. I don't go know. ahead. So, so, I'll start. Okay. Excuse me. So the reason I decided to join the Air Force was back in uh, my day when you were 18 years old. And I don't know if they still do this or not, but you, know, you had to register for the draft. Yeah. And um, back in that era, they were still drafting people uh, for the Army. And they um, they had a lottery where uh, each day of the year was drawn, and um, and then in that lottery they were drafting through people at that time that were like up through 140. And my birthday was drawn. Um, it was like 112, I remember, and so I knew I was going to get drafted if I didn't go to college. And I really wasn't ready to go to college at the time. So after a summer trip with a bunch of friends of mine, um, I decided that I would join the Air Force instead of getting drafted because um, the Air Force 
wasn't really active in Vietnam in, you know, fighting. They were obviously flying airplanes and stuff, but, you know, you if you were in the Air Force, you weren't too likely to get shot at. Um, so that's why I joined the Air Force. Um, I was um, basically, uh, my job was an administrative type person is what they called us. And um, I worked in a maintenance um, department in what was known as a direct air support center, which was um, a worldwide type um, deployment type outfit. So we could go anywhere in the world in a matter of a couple hours uh, is the way we were set up. And uh, so I did a lot of um, training, a lot of, um, you know, we would go out and set up our equipment and actually call in airstrikes and those kind of things. So that's basically what I did for four years is work for that direct air support center. Did you, okay. did you and your unit get really good at getting ready really quickly, Dad? Is that part of that? Oh, yeah. It was, uh, you know, we... We practiced, um, um, we called it, hmm, forgetting now what we used to call it. <laughs> the Army called it jumping. Uh, we, oh, bugging out. We called it bugging out. The hmm. Army called it jumping. And uh, I was, I, I would be remiss, I guess, in telling you first that um, I had, I joined the Air Force to stay out of the Army. And I, uh, ended up more or less being in the army because the unit that I was in was attached to the third corps. So everywhere the third corps went, we went with them. So I spent a lot of time on Fort Hood, uh, which is in Colleen, Texas. And that's where we did most of our training, uh, was at Fort Hood with the army. So, 75% of the training that we did was always with an army unit. Um, and so, yeah, you get, uh, I don't, I can't forget how much time we were always given, but, you know, uh, the premise was, is that the, the enemy was approaching or they were moving in the other direction and we had to either retreat or we had to move the, the uh, battle lines, you know, further up the towards the battle. So you got really good at tearing all your equipment down, loading it up, and then uh, assembling all your trucks and everything. And then what the Army called um, jumping and then jumping from one spot to the other. So, yeah, that's um, that is one of the bases is that we practice constantly. Bugging out. Uh, what I Bugging what out. I kept thinking about as you were telling that was then all the times I remember when I was a kid and you were going to give us a ride somewhere. And um, I, I feel like I ended up waiting a long, long time while you were in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, respectfully. Um, that's just what I was thinking about. Um, but uh, no. uh, but I do the same thing now. I know to my kids. So. Um, it, it's just part of dad life, I think. Um, so you <laughs> mentioned you were at Bergstrom Air Force Base, was where you were mainly stationed, right? Dad? Okay, you, you were breaking up a little bit. Repeat that. You mentioned you were mainly stationed at Bergstrom Air Force Base in Austin, right? Yes, Berg. Yes, I spent most of my time Bergstrom Air Force Base in Austin. Um I did, however, the last couple of years, um, we trained a lot in um, Alamogordo, New Mexico, which was um, I can't, Holloman Air Force Base. I also spent a lot of time, wasn't permanently stationed at Holloman, but spent a lot of time there. All right, Mom, let's let's jump over to you. Um, where Where do you jump into this story? Um, how'd you do in the Air Force and uh, what'd you do and where were you at? Okay. 
Well, I'm um, an Air Force brat, so I've known the Air Force since since I was born. As I went through, and we went to um, several bases. My brother was my brothers were born at Shaw Air Force Base in South Carolina. I was born at uh, Tule Army Depot in Utah. We went to Washington State uh, outside Tacoma, and then we stayed in Marion, Kansas when dad was overseas. So I was um, used to the Air Force life. Did in high, you know, grow, dad got out of the military. We uh, settled, went on through high school and stuff. And I knew I wanted to do something in the lab, in the lab, hospital lab field. College had never, I had never looked at college. I didn't have funding for college. So I thought, well, I could get that in the military, in the Air Force. It was good enough for dad for 20 years. So I guess I can try it. Um, in high school, I was um, between the the nerdy bunch and the uh, cool kids so much that um, I was a neither of them. So when I went to the military went to the recruiter and he got me uh guaranteed he helped me get guaranteed lab field training when I went in the to the air force so when I went to basic training it was totally totally weird for me cuz it was I had never been by myself oh, wow. been on my own before so here I uh fly to and to get in the air force um, I had several different physicals in Kansas City. I'd take the bus from central Kansas up to Kansas City to the AFE station. And my first physicals, I didn't weigh enough to get in. You had to weigh 110, and I never weighed enough. So on, on the, the set, well, the second visit, um, there was another girl that also did not weigh enough. So they had us eating bananas at night to get us enough um, weight the next morning. So when we weighed, we would uh, meet the 110 weight limit. So then I got in, um, went to basic training, which was totally weird. That's That could be a whole other podcast. Then I went to... Um, lab got my lab training in Wichita at um Shepherd Air Force Base at Wichita Falls, Texas. Went to Chinute Air Force Base in Rantoul outside Champaign Urbana, which is no longer there for my on the job training. And then I went to got stationed at Bergstrom in Austin. So I worked that got me into the laboratory wow. where I eventually worked over thirty so, years. Um, who got there first? Who got the Bergstrom first? So how long were you there before uh, we all met? Oh, wow. Almost four, almost, <laughs> that's a good, almost four years. Yeah, that's a good question. No, it wasn't that long. Um, About three years. We, uh, we met in February first, of 75. Yeah, February 75, which was, yeah, almost four years, I guess. Yeah, so, for you. Three um, and a half. That I had been there because I got there in wow. uh, January of 71. So... Yeah, we didn't meet till oh, February seventy five. So, um, I guess I, I never just thought about realized. that timeline I didn't until I just had, had been that long. Because um, I um, as long in my as head growing together, up, you you were just always there. A at the same time, and yeah. B just the whole time. But that a little bit mirrors um, my time at Mizzou, and then best time at Mizzou. Um, when we met, I had been there for um, four years, and then. And then she came and, okay. you know, to our kids, uh, mom and dad were just at Mizzou <laughs> forever, I'm sure. And um, that's really interesting. We we have kind of a similar story. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I had never really thought about it. I never really thought about it, I guess. But, I mean, it does seem, you know, like we've always similar. been together. So... <laughs> I guess we did. Yes, we I never really oh. thought that it, I had been there four uh-huh. years yeah. before we actually met. So it was a weird, a weird time in the Air Force for 
for us girls because there weren't that uh-huh. many women in the military at that time. We had <laughs> we had one one dormitory that was locked 24/7 and we had uh security manning the doors and you never propped the doors open. But then I always thought if there's somebody that's 6'5 and 250 and wants to get in the building, he's going to get in the building. So we had to take extra, extra care being (laughs) uh, the minorities on base. Um, All right. So uh, that's how you got there. Um, And now you, my whole life, you've just been veterans. Um, What (laughs) is... um, what do you like best about carrying the identity of a veteran? Hmm. Good question. Um, I don't guess everyone, no one's ever really asked me that, but um, I guess I, you know, I, I love carrying it around because a, because it, um, I'm proud of myself for having done it because, um, you know, I think the statistics is what less than, one percent of Americans are joined the military. So, um, even though I was doing it to kind of stay away from part of the military, I've always been proud of the fact that I did it. And um, and you were saying that you know it's showing that veterans are tired of people saying yeah. you know we really appreciate well, your service. The, the part I, I didn't I, tell I, you I before we started recording but, was. Uh, um, in the survey results, um, people 65 or older were still okay with that. Um, so I'm not really surprised for you to, for you to say that then. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, no, I still, I still tell vets, um, that I appreciate their service and, and I still like people telling me that, um, you know, that they appreciated my service. So, um, and that, I mean, I just, um, I, I, I love the military. I love everybody that's in the military. I, I've always thought that like Israel does, that everybody should serve their time in the military. Mm-hmm. This, this would be a different country if, um, if they had, if they made every 18 year old join the military for, yeah. Two years, this would be a different, totally different place uh, to live in. So, about you, Mom? you know, those are my thoughts about it. It's different being a female veteran because unless you're wearing um, a veteran's hat or or some some way to make yourself known as a veteran, people don't mm-hmm. uh, notice it as much. I- and, you know, when I had, there was one time uh, in Cape at the mall, there was something for Veterans Day, and I went and signed up for it. And she goes, well, this is for veterans. Uh, yeah, I know. That's why I'm signing up here. Thank you. So I tr- try, like, I just rem- remembered I have a uh, Air, my Air Force DD-214 sweatshirt that I will wear tomorrow for Veterans Day to help. Uh, mark myself as a veteran and it's being a veteran to me is is important and more so because of the experience that it had it's one of those things I don't know if I would do it again but I would not give anything for the experience that I had what I learned about myself um that I could I could depend on myself that I could do things it had taught me, it taught me all of that. It was very good for me. It taught me that I can take care of myself. It brought out, I was never outgoing, not that I'm outgoing now, but I can stand my ground now because I had to learn how to do that. And Hmm. I honestly think if I had not gone that route, that would not have been developed. Hmm. So it just being, being a female veteran, um, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, what it means to have gone through basic training, to know that um, you have to hang your 
shirts in your locker this way. Um, mm-hmm. The discipline that it can teach you um, is important. And I'm just, I'm just proud to be one of the few that have, have mm-hmm. done it. Of course, there's, there's many, many uh, more now, but having been in the military in the early seventies, maybe I'm a, I was a, a groundbreaker for those that are in the military Ooh. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I always tell people that I admire about you is um, just how you, uh, you go out and, and you, you do things and um, that reflects a lot like, like a trailblazer kind of person. Um, and uh, I, I think that, I guess I, I never knew that a lot of that you had to learn yourself um, just so you could, so you could make it through and you could, you could be successful um, in the air force. Uh, and then I also said on the part I already recorded, I definitely learned about hospital corners from you. So it was funny that you also just mentioned your um, <laughs> hanging up your, your, um, your shirts just so in the, in the locker. All right. I'll um, have to show you a picture sometime. I have one. Of your locker? Or your closet? Yeah. yeah. Scenario that we were in, I mean, we were uh, always prepared for it and always training for it. Well, that's that close to going to Israel. That's what I always tell people. But, um, you know, my, my the closest I ever got to combat was one of the um israeli israeli um christmas of 73 um egypt conflicts um Mm -hmm. when we were we were at defcon 2 at that point actually sitting on the aircraft um you know just waiting to go and we said we sat there on the aircraft for three days um wow waiting to go. Wow. Um we had our we had our equipment loaded, we had, you know, the airplanes loaded and we we sat on the tarmac for three days. They wow. they brought out they brought out uh porta potties, they brought out meals to us. They they wouldn't uh-huh. they, they wouldn't let us leave because we were at DEFCON one and could have gone to you know, death con. We were at death con two. I'm sorry, could have mm-hmm. gone to one at any minute. So they didn't let us leave um, until the the conflict was over. So that that's the closest wow. I got to it. But um, but I, you know, I, I'm proud that I fought the war stateside. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's what I tell people. Something and definitely I don't know that I ever. Something I don't know that I ever told you. I was in basic training when the POWs came home. Mm-hmm. And and they flew into Lackland where, where I was. Mm-hmm. We never, in basic, OCS may have been the same, I don't know. You didn't get to watch TV. You didn't get to do anything because you were there <laughs> for training. But right, we had, yeah. We had uh, the TI on base that everybody was afraid of, so we got to do extra things and we got to turn the we had there was a tv in our in our uh bay area day room day uh-huh. room uh that we did get to watch the um pow's come off the plane and one of the ones that we have heard speak at one of the amway functions was jeremiah denton and I got to see mm-hmm. him come off the plane and he got down on the ground and kissed the, actually kissed the ground when he got back. Wow. So I was, I was there, but not, you know what I mean? Same uh-huh. base. And I got to see it. Yeah. But when you're talking wow. to Vietnam era, that was mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Was there ever a time where you had to wrestle with like the public perception of what a, a Vietnam vet is versus um, what your experience was and um, did you ever feel was there ever a time where you felt like you struggled to fit in with other veterans maybe that um, had actually um, deployed yeah I I still 
even feel that way sometimes today um because uh and um it, it, i don't know if it's a if it's a you know just something i perceive on my own or if it's really there but they're they're um you do kind of feel um a little second and i and i don't know the guys that actually were there make you know um do it on purpose but you do kind of feel second class um sort of like uh because you weren't there you're not worried yeah. um but but like i say it may be it may be me perceiving it and it's really not there but um but i do feel that way occasionally mm. i understand that um, i've felt you... sometimes and i've i've told some people um older you know guys older than us that were there i said even you know even though i am a veteran of that era i don't feel worthy to be called that because I didn't leave Texas. Mm -hmm. I left Texas for nine yeah. months. And they said, yeah. you still serve. Uh, I can imagine that that validation from them is um, is better than um, anything that anybody else could give. Um, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. as far as from the from those individuals. Um, yeah. Last, last question. Um, another thing I remember from my childhood, uh, every veterans day or memorial day um like as a part of just the church service they um whoever was doing announcements that day or whatever would would have veterans stand up and um be honored and and, and people that were there would clap uh i would i also i don't know if i was just hyper aware of this mom but um i feel like every time that you stood up people were always like oh sue baker was a veteran wow like um, was there ever times where you, um, hesitated to stand up just so that you didn't have to like deal with those eyes and like what people might be thinking or was that always a problem ne for you? Yeah, N never because I was, uh, I'm proud that I, that I'm a veteran and I want people mm -hmm. to know that I did that. Mm -hmm. you, you know, it, it's it's hard. Like even at the baseball game, sometimes when they they have the veterans standing, well, so many people are already standing. They don't know that I'm standing because I'm a veteran. I'm not standing because mm. I don't. I'm not in a seat right now. I'm standing at this particular moment because I'm a veteran. Right. And once in a while, people will uh, at like at the Cardinal games, people will uh, thank me for my service. Which is cool. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't they don't question it at all. Last question, uh, a little more lighthearted. Um, that being in the the Veterans Day episode, uh, there are a lot of perks that supposedly come with uh, being a veteran on Veterans Day specifically. Uh, it's a lot similar to Teacher Appreciation Day. Veteran things on Veterans Day, you can find a lot to do. So um, I'm going to put a list in the in the show notes um, that you also could go look at when this episode comes out. But uh, maybe Veterans Day specifically, or uh, you know, some stores have veterans perks kind of all the time. Uh, what is your your favorite veterans perk, each of you? Well, I, I guess mine would be, you know, um, taking advantage of the free meal and. Uh, and going into a bar, you know, someone always wants to buy you a beer on Veterans Day. So that would be there my favorite. Do you have to wear your hat to uh, to get that? Yeah. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> got to wear the veteran hat. <laughs> All right. Mom? So I wear my Vietnam era, Vietnam era veteran hat. Um, uh -huh. And... Um, Schnooks, I know, has has them. Uh, some places have specific parking spots for veterans up close oh, that we can take advantage of. Yeah, yeah some some places. Some do that. Pla there's not a lot of them, mm. so oh yeah, I'll I'll park here. 
That's cool. There you go. And the free food All is right. always good too. So anytime I don't free have food. to cook, so. Uh, to both of you, uh, thank you for your service, and thank you for uh, all the things you taught me of the lessons that that you learned there, and um, and you're definitely a part of my veteranish story, uh, and so thank you for the role that you played for that, and, and the mentoring that you that you both gave me as I was um, going through my own path in ROTC, and uh, I will talk to you again tomorrow when this comes out, but. Uh, Happy Veterans Day to you both. Thank you. Happy Veterans Day. You're welcome. If if you are a, a quote, real veteran, uh, especially if, if you um, did the combat duty that I ended up not going through, um, and, and you feel disrespected, I I'm super apologize for that. I hope you'll hear my heart in it. Uh, just where I wrestled through this, uh, I hope you feel more respected. Um, just because I, I value your journey and 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 your place in in America that uh, I didn't get to, um, that I I did not get to that step, but I I super value and honor you, and I hope you feel respected in that. Uh, I'm in the driveway now, so I'm going to stop talking to myself here. Um, and once again, Happy Veterans Day, and uh, thank you for for serving all of you that have in the past and will in the future and I hope you go thank a veteran also for their service today uh, ask them their story just ask them uh try to make it as open as possible i think would be best for them uh don't make any assumptions and just let them talk and at the very least just thank them for their service and uh i know from the veterans in my life if you go at least that far that they are going to appreciate feeling um seen that day um, so happy Veterans Day, all. I'll see you on the next drive. Thanks for riding Jot Gun today.